Welcome to Food Safety University, podcast episode number 30. And today we are starting a leadership series. And my question for you is, what if it was all just a whole lot easier than you otherwise think? Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannensteel of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn about food safety and processing in plain terms. We'll break down the ins and outs of HACCP, the food code, and much, much more so that you can easily implement and manage your own food safety program and even have some fun while doing so. Hello, my friends. I am so excited to be here and talking about leadership and how to make all of this a whole lot easier. And on that process, uh, we're changing things up a little bit here at Food Safety University. You guys know I change things on um, the podcast fairly frequently because things have got to, you know, match up with my life. So we are not going to be recording on Facebook anymore, partially because of audio quality. So... uh, of the things that go through my mind, um, thinking about audio quality is not really one of them, but apparently it is for a lot of other people. You may be one of them. Uh, and so <laughs> you'll notice that um, I think the audio quality has gotten a whole lot better on Food Safety University that is due in large part to David, our new senior food safety associate, who in addition to being epic at plant management and all things meat and poultry production, um, is an audiophile. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but he's also a pretty kick-ass musician. And so he kind of hears the world differently than I do. And so... I am, uh, I am listening to him because he's just better at this than I am. And we are uh, working on getting uh, new and better audio. So just drop us a line if you, uh, if you like what you are hearing, like literally like the audio quality. Um, and we are just going to keep improving because that's what we do around here. Your business, my business, all the businesses. And that's really where I want to start. So... You know, I am a coach and a consultant, right? And I help food manufacturers, like manufacture the food that they want, get out there and solve problems for their clients. But I also help them feel good about it and feel good while they're doing it. Um, Because, you know, when I came into this business, people were like, oh my God, food safety, it's so awful. And, you know, I mean, party of one. I think food safety is fun. And I think food safety uh, is a way to make your business more successful, more profitable, more efficient. And I mean, I joke as party of one, I know there are a ton of other people who are on board with that. And um, part of what I find so fascinating about it is teaching everybody else food safety allows me to look at my own life and my own business uh, and how I approach people and how I approach problem solving and, and serving the people I am meant to serve. And I love that. That is like literally my favorite part of my business. Uh, and that's what brought me to doing this series today because I realized 
we have this huge opportunity. You know, it's 2021. Um, when you hear this, uh, you know, there are a lot of you that are going to be applying for the value added producer grants. Those are, those are all due on May 4th. Um, there is like so much opportunity. There's so much COVID money coming out. And there are frankly, a lot of people who, even if you don't want grants, I mean, I'm not big in the granting, you know, scheme of things. I don't like them a whole lot. Um, I much prefer people to go out and get funded by uh, people who are buying their product, um, because that's the real road test for your business. But as I am doing all of that work with my clients, I'm doing that work on my own business too and understanding what people are willing to buy and how they're willing to be. And it's super fun and it allows me to do something called being a product of my product. Now, if you're my clients, we tend to talk a lot about this in coaching. You know, y'all have products that are going to go out there and they're going to change the world and they are all about connections and um, bringing up the little guy and creating resilient regional food systems. And you do it that way because manufacturing food that way makes you feel good. Um, it feels good to do that, right? I think we all agree on that. But I have ways of doing things in my business. Um, and the more I am a product of my product in my own life, <laughs> Okay, just like you can be a product of your product in your own life, the vastly more successful I am. Okay, and so I have all of these rubrics, they're called like ways of presenting information. Some of you may have heard, uh, seen my announcements. I was made a senior lecturer at Johns Hopkins University. So I'm going to be teaching in their Masters of Science and Food Safety Regulation program. And part of teaching at that level, which is like the high, like, the highest level in the land, folks, is understanding the rubrics within which uh, students will succeed. What are the assignments? What are they expected to learn? How are they expected to um, communicate what they have learned? Uh, and how are we overall going to create success in the course? So that's kind of what a rubric is, right? Um, how are, how are things going to be done and how are things going to be measured? Well, if you think about it, folks, <laughs> your SOPs are rubrics. <laughs> how is something going to be done and how are we going to measure it? Right. And so you're absolutely already used to this process. But what I really want to talk about today is where leadership starts. Okay. Because Describing how something is done and how it can be measured is something that you can do with your own self. And the rubrics that I use and present to you, things like the proofing box and the six-step process and water and strive and these other ways of, you know, making decisions and implementing things... These are what I refer to as the lyrics, okay? This is lyrical thought modeling. This is lyrical leadership because these are easy to remember things that are pretty easy to implement, much like lyrics to a song. And so 
I love writing lyrics for my business and I love writing lyrics for my life. And I was thinking about this this morning and there was, there was an email that got sent out by Brendan Bouchard, who's a digital marketing dude. Um, and I subscribe all to that stuff, right? Uh, and he said, you know, there are people who are going to come at you about your business um, and they're doing observational drive-bys. Like they're saying something about your business. It's their own opinion. Okay. And they're trying to shoot you down for whatever reason. You know, I tend to tell my kids hurt people hurt people. So maybe it's just that reason. But sometimes uh, it's the USDA that comes by with an observational drive-by. Now the USDA or the FDA or whatever, they have, they have their own constructs within which they will form an opinion about your business. So this is usually employees customers, people on social media, they're going to give you these observational drive-bys. And I was thinking about this this morning when I wanted to talk about, about leadership and how the first place we got to lead is ourselves. And I've talked about this a ton before. So if you think about the proofing box model that I have talked with you all about, this is, you know, I don't know, maybe 50 episodes back, I, I was talking about this the last year and the year before. Um, the proofing box model is all about what results are we trying to create? Who are we going to be while we're creating it? And then how are we going to go about creating it? And it's from that model that I got the six step process. The six step process is just theme and variations, a little more granularity on that process, right? And then, um, and then further, when I draw out a proofing box, it, the, the question is, when we look at leadership, the first circle of leadership that we have to look at is leading ourselves. And that's really what this podcast is about, is about leading ourselves in a world of observational drive-bys. Okay, because those observational drive-bys make us suffer and suffering sucks. Okay. And today I'm going to talk about how to make it all a whole lot easier. Because it doesn't all have to feel so heavy and difficult. Are you going to go through tough things at work? Of course. That is the nature of the world we work in, and we are here for that challenge because it allows us to grow. But when we start talking about leadership, the very first person you get to lead is yourself. And if you decide that um, in leading yourself, you are going to stop your own observational drive-bys, you know, the ones where you frankly, talk like an asshole to yourselves. That's going to be the first and clearest step you can create in changing your whole outlook. And I'm not even going to tell you to stop talking like an asshole to yourself because those thoughts are going to come up. Okay, that is part of human nature. That is how our brains have evolved. That's how we've all been taught. We all think we have to smack talk ourselves in order to motivate ourselves. Of course, that's nonsense. And we're going to train that out of you um, as I train it out of myself. But it's all just a it's all just a process, right? And so here's using using all the things that we use. I want to go through how to just make all of this easier. 
All right. So say you have like a decision you've got to make it work or something you've got to implement or, you know, anything, anything like that. Right. My first question for you is what results are you trying to create? You know, a lot of times I get on sales calls with people and, you know, I'm enrolling them in, in food safety university because it's so phenomenal, right? And it's it's all of this documentation and all of this training right at your fingertips so that you can like execute and get out there and go. But they... Um, um, but they still have a hard time making the decision. And I totally get it. You know, people buy when they're ready to buy. Uh, people come to work for you when they're ready to work for you. But when they're ready is when they finally see that they're going to get the results that they want. Okay. I can talk about the results of Food Safety University and how magical it is all the time, but if people aren't ready for that magic, they are never going to buy. If they're all in on food safety being like ridiculously hard and difficult, they literally don't believe me when I tell them how easy it is through Food Safety University. And then they go about making it really, really hard, right? So this, <laughs> that's the first thing is that like when you're leading yourself one of the things that I want to teach you today is, is you can make a decision to let everything be easy, right? But in order to do that, you got to know what results you're trying to create. And then you got to ask yourself, who are you going to be while you're trying to create that result? So, now, when we talk about the six-step process, I talk about this a little bit inverted because it follows the HACCP process. But who's the team that you're assembling? The team can be you and me, right? Uh, the team can be you and whoever else is at work. Um, and then you're going to decide what? So who's going to solve, who's going to solve the problem? What problem are you solving and what results are you trying to create? And then the question is always for whom, you know, you can always solve a problem for yourself. Okay. You do not have to be in service to others at absolutely every moment of every day. Put your own oxygen mask on first, my friends, because deciding to solve problems for yourself and feeling better about yourself is a super excellent way to go out into the world and feel better about everything. Okay, and then we're going to talk about for whom are you solving problems? So that's you, folks. And then finally, we talk about how, then we implement, and then we do an after action report. So I'm going to talk a little bit about decision making and hows today. So form your team, figure out what you're solving for, figure out for whom you are solving for it. And then now let's talk about the how. Okay. And the how right now is tied up in the who. Who do you want to be as you are growing your business? Who do you want to be as a boss? Who do you want to be as a partner? Who do you want to be as a person out here in the world? Well, I, as you guys know, have, you know, spend tons of time working on my own self so that my business can grow and thrive and I can do the things in the world that I am meant to do. So who am I, you know, being out in the universe? I am, I am somebody who brings love, service, and self-respect into the food manufacturing space so that we can all be strong and smart and sexy and rich as blank, rich AF, right? Go look it up. And 
I think that that is truly the privilege of my life, of bringing that energy and bringing that, all of the things that come to me as a result of being in that space into food manufacturing, because again, I truly believe, y'all have heard me say this, that food manufacturing and re-regionalizing uh, food manufacturing can be the basis of national security. Food security is national security and creating companies that can create us as a safe nation through food manufacturing is an amazing place to be in 2021, I have to tell you. <laughs> It is super fun. It is super interesting. And I meet amazing people and solve really interesting problems. But I get to do that because I do all of this work on recognizing my own observational drive-bys and being like, huh, wonder where that came from, right? So just because you think a thought or just because you, you like see a picture in your head, I tend to think in pictures, doesn't mean that you have to act on it, that it's right, that anything, anything like that, right? So I want you to start noticing your own observational drive-bys, okay? So somebody says, this piece of machinery is broken. How many other things do you think about this? Okay, like I wrote a workbook a couple of years ago for um, Food Safety University, like version 1.0. And um, that workbook had this this, you know, scenario that I saw in a, in a plant, there's a, uh, there's a hose lying on the ground. And the manager I was walking around with saw this hose lying on the ground. And his immediate thought was my employees are lazy. Um, and they just have no idea. And they're not taking the training. Well, it turns out that the way to hang up the hose was like 20 feet away and they needed that hose on like the half hour. And so the employees weren't being lazy. The, the employees were maximizing the efficiency because they had a certain amount of stuff they had to get produced. So the place was just not flat set up uh, for success. Okay. But the observational drive-by that this manager made was my employees are lazy and I'm a terrible employer because I hired all of these lazy people. That's an observational drive-by and that shit feels bad. Ugh. Okay. And I just want you to like think about asking yourself, huh, I wonder where that thought came from. Uh, huh, I wonder who that thought belongs to you because it doesn't necessarily have to belong to you. It could be just something your brain is offering up. Uh, all right. And, and that gives you like some sense of detachment. But here's the thing, when you start questioning your own observational drive-bys, it's gonna feel like ass because your, um, your brain is not used to not being of primary importance to itself. So your brain, you know, like in the life coaching world, we talk about your brain like a toddler with a knife, okay? And your brain is pretty convinced of its own self-importance. And so here's what I want you, what I want you to think about and, and what I'm going to start teaching y'all about decision-making. I have this new acronym, this new rubric that I have been using with great effect in my life. And it's, and it's the allow delight process. What if your life was delightful? <laughs> okay. You know, how would it feel to go into work and have it be delightful? How would it be to interact with your partner and have it be delightful? How would it be to interact with your kids and have it be delightful? Okay. I think that that is something a lot of people can get behind. So delight 
feels really good. It feels easy. We've all felt delight before. It it it's not um like when I think about all the tools that I bring you, delight feels like something doable. That's kind of frankly what it is. Delight feels doable for a lot of us in a way, you know, living out who the universe is calling you to be might not feel doable. Like I think a lot of people think about that and they feel super heavy and awful. But what about delight? What if just for today, you could allow some delight in? So now I made an acronym out of delight because that's what I do. Those are the lyrics of my coaching, right? And so the allow delight process starts with that D and the D stands for different. I want you to think about allowing your, your brain and your body to feel different today as you start observing these observ like these observational drive-bys, as you start like seeing your own thoughts and, and the pictures that that creates in your head. Sometimes it can be scary, but we interpret feeling different as scary. That's just what our brains do. That's like literally how your amygdala is wired. Um, so that's the first thing. So that's the D in delight. And the next one is easy. Y'all, sometimes we just make shit too hard. Hmm? Okay. What if the next time you had to make a decision, you ask yourself what would be easy here? What feels easy? Now, here's the deal. Often quitting and doing nothing feels easy in the short term. It never feels easy in the long term. And you got to be honest with yourself about that. And you know how you be honest with yourself about that? You check in with your body. Easy feels light and good. And, and hard feels just like that. <laughs> okay. Check in with your body and see where you feel easy in your body about this decision. See what your hand, like kind of like try and figure out what your hands are doing. Do you seem calm, right? What ways are your shoulders moving? Just check in with your body. Your body will always tell you what feels easy. Okay, so that's the D and the E in light. It delight. And then the L, my friends, I've talked about this on the, on the podcast before. It's love. All right. What if you allowed some love for yourself, love for your product, love for your like employees or love for your business? What if you allowed some love into your decision making? Sometimes one of the most loving decisions that you can make is to institute a HACCP where you don't think that you need one. Right. You know, there are a lot of retail folks out there. They're like, well, I don't need a HACCP. Right. But you know what? One, maybe one of the most loving decisions you can make for your business is that instituting a HACCP is going to make everything a whole lot easier. I mean, I don't like tell people to write HACCPs because they make things vastly more complicated. They make you more profitable and more efficient and, you know, like sustainable businesses or profitable businesses. And it can be a very loving decision. You know, we all know about difficult, loving decisions. Uh, and sometimes, you know, just deciding like to allow for, for things to be different is itself a loving decision. But you got to take the long-term view, right? So that's the L in delight. Um, then the I in delight is all about your intention. 
are you living in intention here? Okay, so the intention in my life is love and service and self-respect. Okay, that's how I do it. <laughs> Am I living in my intention here? You know, I made a big decision yesterday about some money. Am I living in love and service and self-respect in that decision? And I am living in all of those and sometimes when you're making a big purchase, it is hard to find the self-respect in there, but I'm betting on myself, okay? I made a big bet on myself yesterday. And it feels different. Uh, it felt pretty easy to make that decision. Um, there was a lot of love for myself in there. And I can really see where it's me living out my intention. So the G is gentle. Are you creating gentleness with this decision? Not all decisions feel gentle, but the intentioned ones can. All right, we make decisions in the heat of the moment. You know, pulling my kid out of traffic doesn't feel gentle. We were walking the dog yesterday and there was a little two-year-old walking with his mama, right? And, you know, I have a very charismatic, like my dog is very charismatic because I have a long-haired German shepherd and he walks kind of slowly and he's got a very kind face, right? Um, and kids love him. He just gives off an energy that kids love because he's so calm. And we, you know, this little kid came and petted him and Scout gave him a kiss and on the hand and, uh, and the kid was so delighted, but he, you know, he's two, he like wandered off, right? And, and so, you know, we said hi to the mom in an appropriately socially distanced way. And um, we kept walking. And then I heard behind me, this mom say, stop. Okay, now we are all familiar with that stop. That is the stop of small children running into traffic. <laughs> okay, your decision to stop small children running into traffic does not have to be executed as gentle. Like sometimes you've got to snag the kid and get them out of the road. That doesn't appear as gentle. But you know what? Not having the kids step in front of oncoming traffic is a gentle decision. It also is follows the H in delight, which is helpful help. Are you creating helpful help? Not letting a kid step into the path of an oncoming car is helpful help to everybody involved. Okay. So if you look at decisions that you've made in a, you know, snap judgment decisions, instantaneous decisions, and then decisions that you've taken a little bit of time to think about and things, um, the ones that are really working out for you, I bet you you will find that they are gentle and that they provided helpful help. <laughs> okay, um, so that's the G and the H. And then the final one, the final T in delight is just to allow your thoughts, okay? Even after you make a decision, you are gonna have those observational drive-bys um, and those observational drive-bys are just thoughts you can allow them and you can decide not to pick up and run with them, okay? You can decide that the most loving thing that you can do is be like, huh, that's a super interesting opinion, right? And your brain offers opinions just the way somebody on Instagram offers opinions, my friends. You do not have to pick it up and make it your own, <laughs> all right? So, Tell me, my friends, what would delight look like for you today? What does it look like to just create some delight in your life, in your business, in your HACCP planning, in your sanitation SOPs today? 
Because if you do that, I guarantee you everything is going to feel a whole lot better. That's what we got for you this week. I love you all. You are super amazing. Come check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com. I've got a new webinar rolling out. I'm super excited about it. Uh, and we've got lots of great things. So we are waiting for you at Food Safety University. This is the way forward. This is, I mean, we've got so many people so excited about it. I would love to have you join us. Go get your 12 steps of HACCP at foodsafetyuniversity.com and we'll see you on the inside. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Before you go, click the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com where we have free food safety guides waiting for you. Until next time, keep up the great work.